This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Ringgit and Cents on BFM 89.9, the business station. Good morning, you're tuned in to Ringgit and Cents, the show all about personal finance, and I'm Sim Wee Boon. The word recession has been looming over the heads of many economists and the governments around the world for some time now. In fact, earlier in June, the World Bank president, David Malpa, said that for many countries, recession will be something quite hard to avoid. But what does that exactly mean for you and me? What what exactly is recession and how does it happen? Is it a natural feature of the economy? And what will happen to you when it hits? Joining me to discuss this is Professor Jeffrey Williams, an economist with Malaysia University of Science and Technology. Good morning and welcome to the show, Professor Jeffrey. Let's start off with like the basic 101. What is a recession? Is there a precise definition for the word recession? Actually, there, there is and there isn't in a strange way. Um, a, a recession is basically contraction of economic activity. So if you want to be precise about what a recession is, that's what it is. But when we talk about economic activity, there are different ways of understanding this. So one obvious way is to look at total economic activity, which we normally measure by gross domestic product or GDP. And so we would say if GDP was contracting, getting smaller, quarter on quarter, for example, then uh, we would have a a recession. But we can also look at wider indicators, wider economic indicators, for example, unemployment or um, consumer spending or uh, private company investment. And if we are seeing that these are contracting over several months, then we can also include that in the definition of um, a recession. We have a technical definition of recession, that is to say, a technical recession is two months of negative economic growth. That's a technical recession. But we also have a, a more broadly based definition of a recession, which will include multiple indicators, which can go over many months and um, which uh, can include things other than just gross domestic growth. Okay, so a technical recession would be like two months of negative growth, whereas a real recession or this other broader term of recession is very dependent, right? But in terms of this impact, right, is there any difference in the impact it has in how serious or detrimental it is or how much attention a government pays to a technical recession versus a non-technical or a real recession? It really depends what's the cause of the recession. Um, recessions have multiple causes. And uh, sometimes these, these are factors outside of the control of the government, like an oil price hike, where oil prices go through the roof and then you, you have to pay for that and then costs rise and uh, companies uh, have to pass this on to consumers and consumers can't afford it. So eventually you see a downturn in economic activity. Now that is sort of outside of the control of the government. Um, But other things are definitely within the control of the government. For example, if the government raises interest rates too high, too quickly, then that can cause a contraction in um, consumer spending and uh, business investment, and then that can lead to a recession too. So a technical recession tends to, we we, we tend to consider it to be quite quite short. We, uh, We don't generally see technical recessions that go beyond two quarters. But what one might call a real recession can, and in the past, real recessions used to last for very long periods. In fact, we, you know, we would see them for 12, 18, even 24 months. Um, but more recently, when we look, when we have recessions in developed economies and developing economies like Malaysia, 
we tend to see very short recessions. So what exactly happens during a recession? I mean, right now we're talking about like numbers and indicators, you know, two months of decline in GDP, you know, to the everyday man, right? What exactly will go through their experience? What are they seeing and how will it directly impact their lives? Okay, so let's look at a recession that's not, for example, not the lockdown because that was a very special thing. So let's say it's a recession that's due to um, high interest rates, for example, um, which we are likely to face in the course of the next few months, not just here in Malaysia, but all around the world. As interest rates go up, that causes an increase in the cost of borrowing. So people who already have loans are going to have to pay more for the financing of the loans. And people who want to take out new loans are going to face higher costs. So they will either take out smaller loans or they won't take out loans at all. What that means is that their capacity to spend, whether they're consumers spending in on products and services in the shops and supermarkets and um, uh, shopping malls, or whether they are companies spending on supplies or spending on investment, they rely upon credit lines in order to um, make those expenditures, make, make those uh, payments. And if that's going to be more expensive, they will do less of it. Okay, so what happens then is there is a contraction in spending. And so, for example, if uh, companies see a contraction in consumer spending, a contraction in sales, of course, they're going to stop selling. They're going to stop making as much stuff because they're not going to be able to sell it. When they stop making um, so much stuff, then uh, what happens is that they uh, buy less in terms of their supplies. So this has an effect through their supply chain. They might also put their employees on shorter hours, or they might even um, uh, retrench some of their employees or cut their labor force. So when, when we see a recession, depending on what the cause is, we see a contraction in part of the uh, economic activity, which then has a knock-on effect on other aspects of economic uh, activities and indicators. And that's why we like to look at a wider or broader set of indicators to understand whether we are having a recession or not. Now, if this is relatively short, let's say it's caused by an oil price increase, and then after a month or so, the oil prices come down quickly, then these effects go away because um, companies and consumers might pull back on spending just for a few weeks or months. But if they become protracted, then these things start to spread out over longer periods, and we can have long periods of negative growth. Um, normally, uh, relatively uh, muted negative growth, you know, not a complete collapse, but things are just uh, contracting continuously over time, and there's no real prospect that they will pick up quickly. Then normally what happens is that there will be some sort of policy intervention. The government will cut interest rates, for example, or raise spending or cut taxes, for example, to try to pump in some form of uh, demand. And then that hopefully will then cause um, an increase in demand, which will then bring us out of the recession. But if an economy is actually quite agile and quite uh, market-oriented and market-driven, you can normally get a quicker response out of a recession than if a market is highly regulated um, and very reliant on government intervention. So these are all factors which help us to understand what causes the recession, how deep it will be, and how quickly we will get out of it. 
So that's why we think of recessions now as being relatively short. Is there a difference between recession and depression? Yes, there is a difference between a recession and a depression. A recession tends to be a short-term cyclical phenomenon. What that means is it will come and go as a consequence of the natural economic cycle, or it will come and go because the government changes policy to make it go away. So generally speaking, recessions are shallower and they're shorter. A depression, there isn't a precise um, definition of what we mean by an economic depression, but a depression is when the economy slumps. It, it collapses, it, uh, and this can be quite abruptly, quite quickly, or it can be over time. It just goes down and down and down and down, and it's not able to recover because the economic infrastructure is progressively deteriorating. Companies are closing down and they're not able to reopen. And this is happening in a very widespread um, process across very many different sectors and very many companies are closing down. And when they close down, of course, people lose their jobs. When they lose their jobs, they have no income. And in the absence of any income, then they're not spending. So if they're not spending, companies don't need to produce or don't want to produce because they can't sell it. And then this has the, uh, an effect of building upon itself where it goes into a vicious circle, a vicious downward circle. And a depression tends to be deeper, wider across the economy and longer. And then what you need in order to get out of the recession, sorry, the depression is full scale uh, macroeconomic and supply side reform which means that you won't normally won't be able to get out of it by um, the normal interest rate policies or the normal government spending policies because you you don't have enough money the government doesn't have enough money to pump in so what you really need to do then is to make some major changes um, in how the economy is run and in fact when we think about a depression, we more often than not look at the depression of the 1930s, the great so-called Great Depression. And actually, there wasn't a government solution for the Great Depression. What happened to get us out of the Great Depression, unfortunately, was a war. Mm. And because we went into the war, the entire economy changed. And then after, the, after that, there was an, an insistence that we would never, never allow ourselves to get into that situation. Yet. Okay, and we'll get more into that after the break. Uh, so don't go anywhere. Stay tuned. BFM 89.9. Welcome back. You're tuned in to Ringgit and Sense. I'm Sim Wee Boon. And today's topic is recession. What is it? Why does it happen? And now, how can we get out of it? So joining me to discuss this is Professor Jeffrey Williams, an economist with Malaysia University of Science and Technology. Can recessions be avoided or can countries or governments protect themselves from, an, from a recession? Okay, so if the um, cause of the recession is outside of the control of the government, even outside of the country, for example, um, generally we would use either monetary policy or fiscal policy. Um, but we can also use what are sometimes called supply side policies. So monetary policy is normally interest rates. And so the central bank will raise or lower interest rates. But recently, interest rates have been very, very low. And we call this a liquidity trap. And basically what this means is the interest rates are so low that people don't really care too much if, if they go up or down, they're still very cheap. And so around the world, um, central banks have been using direct money control, which is called quantitative easing. And what they're doing there is they're putting more money into the economy in order to try to drive 
extra demand, and then that will help the economy to recover. An alternative way of doing that is to use fiscal policy, which is government spending, and that basically means the government takes more money, either from the money it has through tax revenues or other forms of revenues, and it spends it more in the economy, so the government creates the demand through spending, or the government can use taxes uh, that normally they would reduce taxes to put more money into people's pockets, or if people don't pay taxes very much, they would give direct cash transfers like we have with the BKM program, for example. And so they're using fiscal policy to put spending into the hands of consumers, then that spending should go through the economy and then that will uh, encourage the economy to recover. And the alternative, of course, is to control the impact of the, for example, if it's an oil price hike, that would normally cause petrol prices to go up, or if it's a food um, price problem, that would normally cause food prices to go up. So an alternative is to keep the food and oil prices down through uh, subsidies and price caps, and then that shouldn't cause too much of a problem in terms of consumer spending. But so, that's these are short-term things. These are not long-term solutions. Given Malaysia's situation, right, how would you assess where we are at in terms of, you know, when we will go through a recession, right? Are we in the category where we're fit enough that we will probably be able to jump through the hoops immediately when it hits us? Or do you foresee a kind of a more protracted situation and it's not going to be so great for the next few years next or next 10 months or so? Well, we are of the view that the economy isn't really as agile as some people think. You know, if we look at the World Bank or Bank Negara, they are of the view that the economy is really quite agile and that we would expect to see very high rates of economic growth coming out of the COVID period. But we are of the view that the COVID period has actually done a lot of significant permanent damage. Yeah, And as a consequence, we will come out slower. Than, than the central bank and the Ministry of Finance and the World Bank and the IMF are predicting. Um, and we give the probability of there being a recession this year as around 40%. Since we made our projections, the, there have been changes in the global economy which are worse than when we made our projections. But we're not really changing the 40% um, projection, uh, we're, base, we're basically more certain about the 40% projection, <laughs> if you like. We're more confident, unfortunately, that um, that there is likely to be, um, a, if not, <clears throat> well, if not a, re a full recession, which is negative growth, <clears throat> then definitely a contraction in the uh, slower growth in the second half of the year. So um, that's sort of where we are. And I think that one of the reasons for that is first that there is not this level of agility in the Malaysian economy as people might think or might have been in the past. Many companies have closed down during the COVID period and they're not going to uh, reopen. They haven't recovered. And there is a big overhang. There's a big debt overhang. For example, companies have a lot of debt, which they took on for cash flow purposes, and consumers have a lot of debt, which they took on because they lost their job, they're, in, they're on short time, their incomes were lower. And they took the loan moratorium also exactly, you know, they didn't uh, didn't pay off their debt in the past. And so if you're increasing interest rates, it's going to have a big effect on, a bigger effect on that level of consumer and uh, business demand than it would otherwise have had. 
I, I think this will be one of the first, if it when even when it does happen, it'll be one of the first major ones that I'll go through in my youth. <laughs> but I think, you know, in, in the past, right, I mean, are each recessions alike, similar, and what has been the impact of it, right, historically? Well, when I was young, even younger than you are, when I was at, at school, uh, at, at uh, primary school in the 1980s, we went through a very um, extended period of recession in the United Kingdom. And what, what did we experience then? Well, high levels of unemployment, people losing their jobs as companies closed down, sometimes very large employers um, closing down, major industrial employers closing down. Um, we saw, of course, incomes falling as a consequence of that. Uh, and we saw a lot of not just economic problems in terms of lost income, but also social problems. Because as your income falls, life gets really tough, you know, and then keeping your family together, looking after your family becomes really hard. So um, many um, families didn't survive that because the, the pressures and the stress of uh, not having incomes and losing losing work. I mean, work is not just a, a function of income, giving you income. It actually puts a lot of structure in your life, gives you something to do in the morning and, and um, gives you a sense of purpose. And so when that was taken away during the 1980s for millions of people in the United Kingdom, it caused a lot of social problems. And that caused a lot of community problems because the unemployment tended to be um, localized in particular areas. If there was a big a factory or a big employer that closed down, pretty much everybody around that local area lost their job. And even if they didn't work for that company, let's say they're the local mom and pop shop, uh, they, they found that they were selling less, so they were also impacted by this. So you do see not just economic losses uh, and for individuals and families and communities, but you also see social impact for communities and then personal impact for individuals. And this is also, of course, worse if you have a high level of debt. So I think something that is different in, in today's economy for consumers today compared to where it was in the 1980s is um, they have very much more debt now. And so if you lose your job and you're not able to service your debt, then you're going to get into more trouble more quickly. And you will see first your credit card becomes a problem and the bank is going to cut your card, then you'll car loan is going to be a problem, then they'll come and take your car, then your mortgage, it will be difficult for you to pay that. And then all of this starts to accumulate and that, that's where we really get ourselves into a much more difficult social and economic and welfare. So so finally, I think last question is, is that then what's the average man to do? I mean, what would be your advice to someone that is listening to this right now and we're like, oh, oh no, what do, what do I do? What should I keep an eye out for then? Well, the first thing is don't worry too much because although there's a lot of talk about a recession, it's not inevitable. So, you know, even in our projections, and we are amongst the most pessimistic, uh, we still think there's a 60% chance that the economy will still consider uh, continue to, to grow. Now, we've had two years where, where we couldn't have said that because of the COVID lockdown. So if we're saying, you know, there's a 60% chance that we won't have a recession, then you really shouldn't worry that, that much. But if you feel that uh, you might be in a, a you know a particular company or a particular situation which would be affected by not if it's not a you know a, a contraction in growth it's just a downturn in growth, then you know you should start think about 
looking at your savings, looking at your um, credit card, looking at your car loans, looking at your um, day-to-day expenditures and making sure it's in shape. Um, we know that a lot of Malaysians have very little by way of saving, and if they were to lose their job, they could probably only survive for two or three months on what they have in terms of saving. So you need to be uh, looking at your savings and making sure that you have something uh, in your nest egg. Because as I say, recessions don't last for very long. But so if you can um, find ways of looking after yourself for uh, three to six months, then you know you, you even if you were to lose your job in three to six months, you should be able to find something else. So the the, the message is don't worry too much. Uh, the second message is um, try to look at uh, your current balances, your current finances, and take a um, hard look at that and just make sure that you've got a little bit of a nest egg and then do that also for your family and friends and make sure they're all right too. All right, and that's all the time we have for Ringgit and Sense. I've been speaking to Professor Jeffrey Williams, an economist with Malaysia University of Science and Technology. Join us again next week for more discussions on personal finance. I'm Sim Weeboon from The Morning Run. We have the 10 a.m. News Bulletin coming up next, followed by Enterprise, BFM 89.9. Ringgit and Sense on BFM 89.9, the business station. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.